All right. Hey, we've been in this collection of talks during this season that, that we've affectionately called the birth of possibility. Last week we talked about the birth of possibility. One of the things that God births into us through his son, Jesus Christ, that's why we're celebrating this season. One of the things that he births into us and makes possible is the power of possibility. We talked about the power of possibility last week. Uh, this week, uh, we're going to be in the book of Matthew. We're going to start in chapter 1, verse 18 through 25 specifically. And we're going to talk about, we're going to look at, and we're going to glean some, some evidence and some wisdom from a guy named Joseph who was betrothed or he was engaged. He was set to be married to this young girl, Mary, the mother of Jesus. And we're going to look at what's going on in his life. If you could, with me, uh, again, not as a calisthenic exercise, we're not going to do this over and over. Christo, thank you. Dude, the guy, he know, you know what I was going to say. Would you stand with me in the presence of God? And the reason that I, I, I you know, this isn't like a normal thing that we have done, but I just have been on this, like, I, there's something powerful about, you've heard me say this, if you're new here, I want you to know why. There's something powerful about in the Old Testament, when the Word of God was read, the congregation would stand to honor, to say that what's about to be read supersedes every other media outlet, supersedes every other newscaster, it supersedes anything else we could read. So we're standing in the honor of God. And we're going to read this real quickly. And this is Joseph. And Joseph is navigating a little bit of transition. And maybe you can relate. Joseph is like, he's heard about what, like, he knows what is happening. And he's heard about what's supposed to happen. But this dude is stuck in the middle. He's in the in-between. I don't know if any of you can relate to ever being in the in-between of what is and what will be. And this is Joseph. Listen to what it starts out and says. Now in verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, that word betrothed means engaged. Okay, this was a public activity that would happen in Jewish culture. And it, it, it would be almost the same as, in, in order to break a betrothal, in, or, in order, in, in order to, 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 to stop that, it would, it would actually constitute a divorce, what we would call a divorce, okay? He's betrothed to be married to her. And before they came together, before they consummated this, okay? Let me use that word consummate. Some young kids in the audience. Before they came together, she was found to be pregnant by who? The Holy Spirit, not Joseph, okay? That's actually an important part of the story. And her husband, Joseph, since he was a righteous man, did not want to disgrace her. He planned to send her away secretly. This morning, my message is going to be follow the promise. Follow the promise. You can be seated this morning. Can you guys give Lulu a huge round of applause for leading us in worship this morning? Perhaps you can relate. Have you, have you ever found yourself in the in-between and transition? How many of you right now, I'm going to be transparent, I feel like we're in a season in, in our, like globally, literally, as I read and as I listen to experts, globally, 
I feel like we're in a season of transition. We've been in an interesting handful of years. How many of you specifically in your own life feel like you're in this in-between season of transition? Yeah, okay. Like what is and then what will be, okay? Uh, I, I remember when I was a kid, um, because it's Christmas, I'm going to tell you a Christmas story. Um, when I was young, I, I think I was about 11 years old, um, my, my, my dad um, sent my sister and I up to, the, up to Kmart. We lived in Oceanside. Kmart was on Mission Avenue. If you're, from, if you're from the O, you know what I'm talking about. All right. Kmart was like the place to shop. Blue Light Special, I was like all about the zip shoes. I wanted some zips. They had Velcro, right? But I had to wear the Husky pants. If you're young, you don't know what Husky means. Okay? I was thick. So I had to wear the Husky pants. So we, my, my dad sent my sister and I up to Kmart to get, because if you, again, I'll, I'm going to throw this back, okay? We had to buy some light bulbs to screw into the lights on our tree because that light bulb was a blinking light bulb, and it would make the rest of the lights blink. Can somebody please? All right, you're with, okay. We get back from the Kmarts, and I'm the little one, and we have this massive tree in our house. And that year I had bought like, I was, and I, I, I had like, I, I, was a, I was an entrepreneur. I started my own construction company when I was 10. True story. I'll save that for another time. And I had saved up all this money. I had squirreled this money away. And I went and I bought presents for my family. Christmas Eve, all the, all the presents are under the tree. I changed the light bulb. And, and, and I'm back behind the tree in the corner. And everyone's sitting around. They're waiting. They're like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And I screw in the light bulb, and the light bulb sparks. And at 10 o'clock at night on Christmas Eve, when I'm 11 years old, our house burnt. Consequently, my family had to, for the next year, go live with my grandmother in another part of Oceanside. You can laugh. No, it burnt. And so, like, that's a whole other trauma that I had to go to counseling for because all the neighborhood kids were like, yo, you burnt your house on Christmas Eve. I was like, ah. So here's, the, it gets better. Uh, there's so many good stories. I got so many good stories from my childhood. So, uh, so we're living with my grandmother. And while I'm, li- I, when I was a kid, I loved bikes. I've always loved bikes. I love bikes so much. I love bikes so much, I decided to get by a car on my bike. Okay. Guys, that's a joke. Come on. Lighten up. Listen, if I can joke about it, you can joke about it. All right? So here I am. I'm living at my grandmother's house, but I got this bike. I loved this bike. If you grew up in Oceanside, there's a place called Allen's Cyclery. The spot. And my parents had bought me this bike, and it was chrome. With, it was black and I mean, I remember it. I remember the first time I rode it. And while I'm living at my grandmother's, because I burnt the house down on Christmas Eve, you grew up in Oceanside, man. Somebody broke into the house that we were trying to fix that was burnt and stole my bike out of the house. Okay. I'm over it, so don't worry about that. And I just, I remember, so the next year Christmas is coming. It's time for redemption. Have you ever had like a difficult time in what is, and you start looking forward to what could be, and you're like, there's got to be redemption coming. So I'm like, Dad, I want a new bike. I just want, also all I wanted was a bike. So here comes Christmas Eve. I go outside and I, and I peep this bike sitting in the garage. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting a new bike. 
like every good parent, my dad somehow knows that I've seen this bike. So on Christmas Eve, they're like, you want to open a present? And I'm like, yeah. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, the bike in the garage. That's what I wanted. He doesn't give me what, no. You know what they give? You, Christmas Eve, you know, what, you know what you get? Man, you get the socks. Man, you don't get what you want. You get what you need. I'm like, I don't, I don't want socks. I want my bike. But like, you need socks, bro. <laughs> okay? And then my dad tells me this story, and his friend's at the house, and he's like, oh, yeah, oh, that, oh, that bike that's in there. He starts talking to his friend in front of me on purpose to throw me off. He's like, yeah, you know, um, when you're ready to give your son that bike that we have in the garage, just let us know. And he, he, he made me think that it was going to be some other kids. I was like, that's stupid. I'm just going to be honest. You're a kid. You know, I'm like, there's nothing positive. There's no part of my heart as an 11-year-old after I burnt my house down. I'm looking for a redemption. There's nothing about it that's like, yeah, I want the other kid to get the bike. You ever feel like you deserve something? In the middle of the in-between, you're like, I deserve this. God, I deserve this. And um, Christmas morning comes. No, no bike. My dad makes me wait. To prove a point. Finally, 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 he gives me this bike. And I just remember being so overjoyed. See, maybe you, like me, as that little boy, are in transition of the in-between. Of the potential. Of the potential. Of the promise you're looking forward to. This is a season of promise and possibility. And maybe you're stuck. Maybe you're starting to doubt. Maybe you feel even like this depressive state starting to loom. Just wait, like, God, what? I just want my bike. You're troubled in the transition. But this is the truth. We can follow God's word and trust him. We can trust his words as absolute promise that he's going to deliver good on it. Today we're going to talk about and we're going to learn how to follow the promise of possibility. With patience in the process. That right there, some of you are like, I don't know, I'm done. We're going to learn how to do it. We're going to learn by, by, by having patience in the process and persistence for the payoff. Let's pray this morning. Father, uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, God, that your word this morning is presented to us with absolute promise. Help, help this morning our hearts be able to grab a hold of this. That where there's lack of peace, anxiety, even depression, and hopelessness, Lord, I ask this morning that those things would be broken. And that we would be able to step in to the rest of your promise. The restfulness of your promise. In Jesus' powerful name, everyone said, amen and amen. Uh, let's talk about the promise of possibility and how it requires patience. Uh, 
in the process. You know, in verse 19 that I just read, it said, and her husband Joseph, since he was a righteous man, he didn't want to disgrace her. He planned to send her away secretly. Um, he considers, Joseph is considering divorcing Mary as he grew impatient. And, and, and I imagine, if you think from a society standpoint, I mean, this, this is something that there's a level of, of betrayal that puts people in prison and death that shuns them from society, that makes them other than. And Joseph is facing this. And so he is, I'm sure, growing a bit impatient. He's feeling a little bit troubled in this transition. And he's reminded to follow God's promise. I love this. As, as, as we opened up in verse 19, you kind of get an insight to where his heart's at. But then he's, he's reminded to follow God's promise, to remain free from fear, and ultimately to remain patient in the process in that very next verse in verse 25. But if we look forward to something we do not have yet, we must wait patiently. This is in Romans 8, 25. And I wanted to find patience. He needs to be patient in the process. Uh, it means steadfast constancy or endurance. Constancy, steadfastness, or endurance. We have to remain confident that God will follow through on his promises and stay patient in the process. We have to remain confident that God is going to follow through on his promises. In verse 20, it says, but when he had thought this over, he, he's thinking about, hey, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to hide Mary over here. I'm going to divorce her. I'm going to separate myself from the promise that God has brought to me. It says in verse 20, but when he had thought this over, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, what? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you shall name him Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. The angel of the Lord is reminding him of the promise. When you're in trouble, in transition, God wants to remind you of his promise. And I love this. The child was conceived in her of the Holy Spirit. This is, when he says this to Joseph, it's God's promises. <laughs> this is going to be hard to hear for some of you. This is a hard one for me to hear. But God's promises are conceived of the Holy Spirit. They're not determined on your strategies, your strengths, or your abilities. I like to think that my bike and what I want and the promises maybe, even the things I need, have something to do with my own strengths, my own strategies, and my own ability, but they're actually conceived of the Holy Spirit, and they have nothing to do with me. And by hiding Mary, impatience in the process of what was going on actually would have had Joseph divorcing himself from God's promise. Listen, if Joseph would have divorced himself from Mary, 
he would have divorced himself from God's promise. That at times when we circumvent the process, we're divorcing ourselves from something that we only see temporally in the natural and inadvertently we're divorcing ourselves from walking into God's promise. We have to remain patient in the process. This is the truth about what the angel of the Lord was saying to Joseph. He, he was giving him what he wanted. Let me back up. Joseph was thinking about, God, give me what I want before you give me what I need. And the angel of the Lord said, I'm going to give you what you need before you even remotely get to talk about what you want. And in the process of following God's promises in our life, I, I want you to know something that oftentimes he's going to give you what you need first before what you want. I hate to break it to you that growing up, my parents were like prophets. They knew that I was going to get what I needed, socks, before I got what I want. They were prepping me for a life. Come on. We have been prepared. Like in these little ways, it's like God is trying to give us insight to prepare us to say, I hear what you want. My dad heard what I wanted. But I'm going to give you what you need first. And this is what, this is what, this is, the, there's a lot of ways I could probably paint this picture. But there's no growth or progress without tension of the transition. There's no, like, Tension, time under tension, produces strength and endurance. That just may need deliverance. Look at, there, there, there is, there is something to be said for growth and progress being made in time under tension. God, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I can handle this. I'm irritated right now. I don't know if I can handle this. And God says, there is growth and progress that I want to make in you if you would remain patient in the process in your time under tension. God, I don't like tension. This, uh, here, here's just a quick one. Like no extra for this one, okay? I'm just going to drop this for free right now, okay? Most of the time in life, we work through life trying to eliminate tension in our life. How do I get rid of tension? And what I want to tell you is tension is not meant to be eliminated, but at best to be managed so that you're able to remain faithful in the process so that time under that tension will produce in you what God actually has for you. I 
I love, so Isaiah 55, 10 says, The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed. See, there's production. There, there's this picture of production that happens, time under tension, okay? They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out in it always. Can you turn to somebody and say always? Can you turn to somebody and say, that's a promise? It always, God's word, it, when he sends it out, it what? Always. Does it, does it sometimes, sometimes God's word works? Okay, always. It always produces fruit. It will accomplish, this is God saying, it will accomplish all that I want it to do. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. Sometimes we're like, God, I don't think your word, I think the situation is so dark, I don't think your word can prosper over it. It always produces fruit, no matter where he sends it. You know, that person, <laughs> there's no way God could change that person's heart. <laughs> there's like the devil, and then there's that person. Man, I'm sorry. What happens if we start speaking life of promise and we start releasing God's word over circumstances, situations? Because it tells me that it is always producing fruit. It'll always accomplish what God wants it to do. And it will prosper even when sent into the darkest of places. Might I add that it actually is at home and working best according to its nature when it's in the darkest of places. <laughs> I love what this says. It says, you will live, this is the byproduct, transformation, renewed. This is what God wants for you. You will live in joy and peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Where once there were thorns, Cypress trees will grow. Where nettles grew, myrtles will sprout up. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name, and they will be an everlasting sign of his power and his love. There's something that God wants to birth in you if you will remain patient in the process. There is renewing transformation in that transition. And we're as humans, we have a propensity to want to live in constant, <laughs> this is just, ten I don't even, I don't like the tension. Might I say to you, welcome to humanity. In God's timing, in God's timing in your life, the promise of possibility will always produce fruit by accomplishing the highest outcome that God has purposed it for. The highest outcome. I just want to add that the highest outcome is probably beyond anything you and I can even imagine, fathom, and understand. The promise of possibility requires patience in the process, but, but, number two, the promise of possibility, it pays off in persistence. 
pays off in persistence. God is faithful to fulfill the promises of his words. In Matthew 1, 22, as we continue the story with Joseph, now all this took place so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be what? Fulfilled. God is faithful to do what to his word? Fulfill it. God said it. I said this last week. God said it, therefore it is. God is faithful to fulfill his word, and his word is promise. He's faithful to fulfill his word. So this is fascinating. Now all this took place so that why was all this happening with Mary and Joseph and Virgin Mary and Holy Spirit and baby Jesus? Why was all this happening? Because God was remaining faithful to his word, faithful to what he had spoken thousands of years before. He's remaining faithful to what he had prophetically said since the beginning of Scripture. God is in the business of doing the same thing in your life. God is faithful. He is a faithful God. He doesn't actually have it in his character to be faithless. Let's not get disturbed by what we see horizontally in humanity because I'm going to tell you something. Our words, there is going to come a time in our humanity that we're going to let each other down. That's going to happen, but God is faithful to fulfill the promises of his words. And then it says, Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to the son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. His promise is with us. So Joseph responds with persistent faith. Watch what he does. And Joseph awoke, or being raised, he woke up from his sleep and did Turn to somebody and say, did it. Turn to somebody else and say, you better do it. Joseph was a, he was awakened. He was woken. He raised up from his sleep and he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. But kept, can you turn to somebody and say, you better keep it. (laughs) Say, you did it. Now keep it. But he kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And he named him Jesus. Joseph did and kept. He remained with persistence. Let me break down real quick. I'm going to word nerd this for a second. Okay, is that okay? I like, I, words are fascinating to me. I'm not the most educated person, so I'm just, I'm trying to catch up at 50, okay? <laughs> did, the word did, is to follow some method in expressing by deeds, the feelings and thoughts of the mind. It's describing the mode of action. In this case, it means that he applied faithfully the promise that he had received. He applied it. There was action involved. He did it. He didn't wake up and lay in bed and then start worrying about everything that was going on on Monday morning and how you were going to get to all the things and the inbox on the email and then, you know, and I got this thing I got and then this broke in my bathroom and I don't know what I'm going to do with that. And then like, I'm not saying that any of you do that, but sometimes my mornings I lay in bed and I'm half between praying, Lord, please remind me of your promise and worrying about how the heck, and Joseph, I love it, he woke up, he didn't get into worry mode, he got, he got into warrior mode, 
And he's like, I'm going to get up. And he did it. There's action behind it. He was persistent in his faithfulness. He's like, I'm going to be faithful. Faithful isn't sitting and going, I'm going to do nothing. Like, I just have faith God's going to move. Maybe, maybe you should go get a job. Listen, I'm not, this, is, this is not aimed at anyone specifically. I'm just, my point is, you know, like, God, you know, the gym just really hasn't been working for me, so I'm going to try and figure out what's going on. I'm going to actually go today. And um, I'm, pay, I'm paying my dues at the 24-hour, and I'm, you know, you got to actually get up and apply faithfully. You mean when they just auto take the money out of my, it doesn't like make me, guy, we're coming up on the new year. I'm saving some of you a horrible potential of putting money into a gym that you're going to go to for 17 days and you're going to stop because that's the national statistic, by the way. Don't wait till the new year. <laughs> you just get up and go for a walk. <laughs> that's free, by the way. We live in Southern California. <laughs> we're not walking through snow. Okay, gosh, I'm so ADD this morning. <laughs> Joseph just gives us this beautiful example of he did it. He did, this is, this, is the, this is the radical part about the faith that he did it with, is he did what he was told in his dream with persistence. Check this though. With a, with a heart of conviction, conviction and belief that was full of expectation that gave him the ability to persistently apply it, do it, with a good attitude. God, I'm being faithful, but I hate you. I hate this. This is terrible. And we cry like, right? I'm being faithful as we grumble, like, <laughs> uh, I hate this. <laughs> God, I get it, okay? It's uncomfortable. We don't like discomfort, right? But he did it. But the connotation of this word in the Greek is that he did it with expectation. He did it with a deep conviction of belief that when he showed up, God was already there working. He was completely bought into the power of God's promise he received, and he responded faithfully. And then he kept. This word kept is actually, um, if you look in like the King James, it, it was, and he knew her not. It said he kept her a virgin, but in the King James, it was knew her not. That word knew or to know is a Greek word called gnosko. And it's not a cerebral knowing I read a book and I know. It's he, he had not yet known her, intimately experienced the relationship of this wife to him as a husband. This is why this being mentioned is so important. 
he kept young Mary a virgin. This is what he did. He refrained from helping God. How many times in persistently applying our faith, really what that means is, God, I know you're not quite big enough to handle this. Let me help. Listen, let me help in the strategy of what you're impregnating into my life. So that, so that I can assure the birth. Are you catching what I'm saying? How many times do we just inadvertently help God? The great prophetic song, Jesus, take the wheel. Until I want to take the wheel while I'm in the passenger seat and just creates a train wreck. Come on, can anyone relate? The only, the only way that Joseph saw helping God was his one option to persistently apply what he knew faithfully, and that was the promise of the word of God that he was given. See, believing God's promises of possibility requires faith. Let me, let me break down faith really, really quickly. We've laughed about it, but I'm going to give you a very practical so that you're armed with something. In Matthew 17, 20, uh, the, the disciples had come to Jesus and they're like, hey, we don't know what's going on. Like we're trying to like pray for people and do these things. And then we're kind of like, it's not going so well. And uh, he, so this is how he replies. He goes, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. The word impossible is no word. The word impossible means uh, no word from God shall be without power. What it doesn't mean is no word that you derive on your own, your own strategies, abilities, and strengths that you decide you want to go tell a mountain. Go tell, fine, go tell the mountain. Go, go tell, just go tell it to move. And you know, like it ain't going anywhere. It's God's word that has an impossibility to not performing. Are you with me? Okay, so we're applying God's word in faith. And this, th this is a fascinating passage because he says, you have such little faith. And then he goes on to talk about a mustard seed. And a lot of times what happens is this. We, if, if you've ever heard this passage, we think about mustard seed. And we begin thinking like, oh, I have to have, you know how big a mustard, does anyone know how big a mustard seed is? So tiny. So we think quantitatively. We think quantity. We think, well, I just have to have, man, I must not have faith. Mustard seed's small. I think I have big, I have more faith than a little mustard seed. We think size, quantity. That is not what the scripture means. This is what it means. It's this word, you have such little faith, 
If you looked up those words in the Greek, it says, faith applied meagerly. Without strength shown by infrequent repetition. Lacking belief in the power of words. So th- th- this, is, th- this is what it's saying. The promise of God's word will never be without power, but we need to keep applying it with frequent repetition. The mustard seed isn't, hey, you don't have enough faith. It's that the faith that you have, even if it's as small as a mustard seed, there is something powerful that happens when I show up in the morning and I go, there's the mustard seed of promise that God gave me. You know what? There's the mustard seed of promise that God gave me. There's the mustard seed of promise that God gave me. There's the mustard seed of promise that God gave me. There's the mustard seed of promise that God gave me. Are you catching what I'm saying? What is front of mind, what is front of mind for you and I will be what we faithfully follow. Are God's promises the front of mind? Are we applying them frequently with repetition? You know, there's over 3,000 promises of God in the Bible. There's over 3,000 promises from God in the Bible for us to apply in our life. Over 3,000. Do we know them? Are we, are we remaining patient in the process as we're in the in-between of what is and what will be? Are we applying those promises, literally speaking them, applying them frequently with repetition? And this is what I, I, I felt like this morning is that even as Joseph was awakened, I believe God desires to awaken us to promises he's at work fulfilling through Christ Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe this morning for you, God wants to awaken you to the promises that he is fulfilling in you through Christ Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Can we remain patient in the process of that? And can we persistently apply what he's given us? Even if, God, all I have is a dollar. Boom, a dollar. Boom, a dollar. Boom. Do you know what a dollar, an application of a dollar every day grown compounding exponentially would give you? Kingdom of God is, is, is a kingdom of multiplication, not addition. Are we, do we believe in it? Why don't you stand with me this morning? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to wrap up here. So, some of you, some of you I, I think this is a good, good thing for some of us to hear. In Philippians 1.6, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. There is a work that God has begun in you. He is not done yet. Here's how I know God's not done yet with the work that he has in you. You're breathing. You woke up this morning and you're here. God's at work in you. Well, pastor, can you tell me when, like, the construction will stop? Like, never. Never. You and I are in a, listen, we're on a lifelong journey with God or without. I'm just telling you, with God, he's got some renewing transformational stuff for you that he wants to awaken you to this morning. And I just know as a church, you know, we aim to be a church following God's promises. 
and persistently applying them faithfully. And maybe, maybe today, some of us need to begin with this. This is what the angel of the Lord told Mary. We said this last week, I'm favored and God is with me. I'm favored and God is with me. Let's close our eyes this morning. When we say I am favored and God is with me, what we're saying is I am in Christ and Jesus is with me. What are the promises that God has for you? That if applied, if, 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 you, if you stay and you remain in the process and you apply, you literally speak them. Like I could get up in the morning and I say, I am certain, God, that the work you have begun in me, you are going to finish. And God, I'm breathing today so you're not done with me. It's not time to quit. It's not time to divorce the situation. It's not time to check out. It's not time to get buried underneath the weight of worry. I understand that we may feel these things. That's, that's when we stay patient in the process and we begin applying of the word of God to this. I just want to pray for um, just all of us who you feel like you're in this in between what is and what will be. If that relates to you, could you just raise your hand? I just want to pray for you. A lot of people, that's cool, yeah. I'm just gonna pray for you. And um, a great way to receive is just to open your hands up. Just like on Christmas morning, when you're like, I don't want socks. <laughs> and we're just like kids, you know, and we're standing here and every morning with, with God is like, the same expectancy that we can have on Christmas morning as kids, maybe when we grew up. Uh, like, God, there's something good wrapped in that present, and I don't know what it is yet, but I have, I have a ton of expectancy that there's a promise in there for me. So this morning, we just open our hands up and say, like, God, I want to receive. So, Lord, um, would you give us, would you give us, Lord, this morning the ability to just remain patient Maybe it's a willingness to remain patient. Trust and faith in your word. That you're not done, that you never fail. Your word never returns void. It always, always, always produces fruit everywhere you send it. Lord, that we wouldn't give up in the middle. We wouldn't give up in the middle of the process, but remain patient, but we would persistently apply what you've told us, your promises. 
hearts. And if you need prayer this morning, our ministry team would love to pray with you. Um, specifically, um, listen, if you need healing, if there's anything you need healing for this morning, um, I'm gonna ask you to come down and just get some prayer from our ministry team. Um, and I wanna continue to go after I want to continue to go after what seems like is impossible because God is a God of possibility. So if, if you need healing or you've been struggling with something, I want you just to come down. Um, don't hesitate. You, you don't have to wait. You can, you can make your way down. We would love to pray with you, pray for you, pray over you. I also want to tell you the greatest promise, the greatest promise that God has ever given us his son Jesus and this morning what I want to tell you is that there's there's opportunity here if you don't have a relationship with Jesus if you have yet to step into a relationship with the person of promise this morning I want to invite you into that relationship if that's you this morning if you want to step in or step further into a relationship with the person of promise of Jesus. I'm gonna ask you to do something bold. Would you raise your hand? Amen. Amen. What I would, uh, what I would suggest, I'm gonna pray for you real quick. But what I would suggest is, just come get some encouraging prayer. I think it'll be so awesome. Lord, for those of us who are saying yes to stepping into a relationship with the person of promise, Jesus, or who are saying we need more, we we want to step. Further, we, God, there's parts of our heart maybe, and God, we want to give over more of our heart, but we want to step more into a relationship with the person of promise in Jesus. Lord, let that, Lord, let that promise be the first promise because you always give us what we need before what we want. And what I know is those of you this morning who are struggling with anxiety, especially this time of the year, I just felt like the Lord wanted to, to minister to anxiety. He wanted to minister to um, worry, um, stress. I'll just use this word stress, just a general stress that people may feel. Um, God wants to give you what you need. Jesus Christ, his son, because he is the person of peace. He wants to give you his spirit so that he can fill you with joy. And so don't hesitate this morning to come get prayer, to step out and say, hey, this morning I made a decision for Jesus. This is important because we, we make it our, our goal to see you grow. And we know it's never done alone. And so let someone know. If you need something, come get prayer for the rest of us bless you as you go, bless you in this week. Um, I ask that God continue to bring the promises